All right, welcome back. We're going to talk about the everyday man's financial state of the nation. I'm Greg. I'm Ian. And this is Lauren. So we picked this topic for our chat around the coffee cup because it impacts everybody. We're recording this in, uh, what is this, September? And uh, everybody's feeling the pinch with regard to expenses. And so, wanted to. Five bucks? Yes, it's five bucks. And to that point, I hope this is the peak, but we don't know. Yeah, six months from now, we'll be like, I remember when gas was five bucks. Right, right. Now it's seven. Do you know what Jamie Dimon said today? Extra, he thinks two more percentage points, not two basis points, two more full points to go. From the seven? Have interest rates is at seven. Uh, I. I understand that, and obviously Jamie has some amazing people around him to keep him in the know financially, and he's been in the industry for a million years, but there's actually, if you look at the Federal Reserve members, there was a chart that was published last week that showed each one of the members anonymously and where they think the rates will be at the end of 23, and then through the four quarters of 24, and then into 25. And there's still a significant percentage of the members, and again, this is all anonymous, so you don't know who it was, that show that we should still see a bump in the rates before the end of 23. But if you go more than, let's say, I think it was six or six or nine months out, none of them showed anything higher than where we are right now. Well, it's interesting, right? Because no financial genius, but I understand the concept of to fight inflation and to course correct the economy and put it back into into some balance. It has to be a balance between the cost of money of loaning of in the interest on the money that's loaned against the producer prices of everything. If I'm mm -hmm. understand that correctly. Mm -hmm. Um, and the, the word I heard today that sort of scared the, scared the, um, to my core was stagflation. Because I remember the Japanese went through it and I think for 20 something years mm -hmm. where their economy was just on life support. Well, if we go back to that chart, uh, there's actually, it shows a declining uh, interest rate over time. So I think the, the Federal Reserve, I do believe that they want to reduce the interest rates down or they want to reduce them over time. However, uh, I actually was listening to the, the Fed meeting last week and the reporters asking all the questions, they didn't state specifically when. Right, And so that's what all the reporters want to know. That's what the economists want to know. Is it going to be Tuesday or Wednesday that we're going to drop these rates? Because then we can start to do economic modeling and forecasting. And the Federal Reserve isn't comfortable sharing that information now, which we actually saw the, the following days, subsequent days in the market. Um, oh, the market got hammered today. Yeah. And it, it's been on the same path yeah. since the Fed meeting. Um, so so what I wanted to do, and, and, and we could we could talk for <laughs> we could talk forever on what's going on there. But what I wanted to talk about was, sh was sharing just some things that I've learned over the years uh, with regard to 
taking care of your own financial house. Uh, we don't have much control once we go outside of our house, but things that we can do on our own. And so one of the things, um, and I'm just going to loft this out there. I'd love to have open dialogue on this, but, uh, I work in areas that are affected by consumer credit scores and little known fact is that with a credit card, there are two specific dates that are important. One that the consumer knows and one that the consumer does not know. The consumer date that you are, or the date that you are aware of, is when your bill is due. However, the other date is when your credit card company is delivering the information on account balance, when payments were received, that information going over to TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax. Is that the close date? Is that what they call that? Uh oh. So, cycle close date for your credit card? Yeah. Here's the challenge is that if I, if I were to say, yeah, call your credit card company and ask them for your close date, how much time are you going to spend on the phone? Cause your first line of defense on the credit card company, they have no idea what we're talking about. You have to go above their head and go above their head because it's in the inner bowels of the account information. It's not readily available to the first line person that you talk with. And so there's an electronic tape that is sent to TransUnion, Experian and Equifax. ABC credit card company, I'm not going to pick on any companies. They send that information on the same day every month to the bureaus. And it's not the same for every account that they have. So the three of us might have accounts with ABC credit and my report date going to the bureaus might be the third of the month. Ian, yours might be the fifth and Lauren, you might be the seventh. What is the benefit for them to have different dates? So most of them report within the first 15 days, but it's a matter of, I think where we are in society, we could transmit a lot more data more easily now. But if we look back to when the credit cards actually started to report to the credit bureaus, which is completely voluntary, by the way, the credit card companies do not need to report to the bureaus. They do that voluntarily in their quote unquote betterment of the industry so that everybody else knows. So what does it matter to the consumer that they have a different date? Yeah. Then? So thanks for getting me back on point there. So let's say that uh, your billing date is the 10th of the month when you pay your bill. And let's say that you manage your household where you put a lot of things on that credit card and then you pay it off in full by the 10th of the month. So you don't pay any interest on that account. Sounds great. However, if the credit card company reports on the fifth of the month, then every month that information that goes to the credit bureaus is reporting a high balance compared to your available credit limit. And that negatively impacts your credit score right. every single month. And especially if you go take out a loan, mortgage, car, whatever, it's going to affect you, which is, is going to cost you money at that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. So many things are based off of credit scores. There's uh, even for employment, future employers, uh, when you apply for a job, they're going to pull credit to to try and establish. Which always looks crazy. Like they're paying me, and I've got to give my credit report on you know, my income. It's like shouldn't it be the other way around? Right. 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 Yeah, you right. want your company to have yeah, right. You're asking them, make sure they've actually got <laughs> money in the bank. Make sure they're going to pay. Would make for a much more exciting interview. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like the uh, I-10 number for the company, please. Yeah, so Greg, you, you noted something earlier as well uh, along the lines of 
you know, people having using their credit cards for subscriptions. Oh, yeah, that's another fun one. So uh, depending upon what polls you look at, uh, anywhere between, let's say, 45 and 55 percent of the population has unwanted bills on their credit cards. And what I mean by that is you signed up for some type of free trial and you didn't cancel in the time frame that that vendor provided. And so now they're hitting your credit card for $3.99 every month. Yep. And if you're looking at high level, most people, when they read their bills, they're looking at the big numbers. Where did I spend the bulk of my money? Not these tiny little line item, $3.99, for example. However, those same studies also say that the average amount for consumers is in between $150 and $300 a month in these okay. little, little, so $3,600 a year. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. So we talk about how expensive the gas is, grocery prices, obviously we're all paying that. So what we wanted to talk about today was things that you can do to keep an eye out for your own financial house. Yeah. And they're two great, great points to start with. Well, and, and I'm sure all of you have heard on the radio, there's companies that are advertising that they will set up the service to monitor your credit card accounts. Do you think they charge a fee to then monitor right. your credit yeah. card accounts? That's compounding. To then, right. Yeah. So, so are we adding fuel to the fire? And it's, you know, look, it's a pain. Nobody wants to do it, but go through the bill. And no, you maybe, maybe you don't do it every month. Great. Do it every other month. But it's your money. Let's make sure that we stretch it as far as we can. Doing your due diligence on, on on all your accounts is super important. I know, it's, it, it, like you say, it's tough to do, but it is super important. You think about it as a country, we have $33 trillion. Mm -hmm. On our credit cards, we carry $1 trillion, the American consumer. It's the most it's ever been. It's also the fastest increase it's ever been. Yeah. Because if we look back during COVID, when household spending had decreased because everybody was home before all of the online shopping went crazy, we were at lows, significant lows in credit usage yeah. for a period of time. And now here we are at the opposite end of that. Spectrum. Lauren, do you think that um, the COVID period set us up in a way where it encouraged people to spend a little bit more frivolously and therefore that was just accelerated with the free government money? Well, definitely the free government money had an impact in there, but I think people sitting at home doing nothing but, you know, scrolling on Amazon, oh, I'm going to buy this, I can buy that. You <laughs> mean the only people that were moving during COVID were the UPS and Amazon delivery drivers. Yeah. So I've noticed uh, probably in the last maybe year or so that there's a lot of the same messaging in advertising. You deserve it. Yes. That yes. new car, you deserve it. Yeah. The vacation, the cruise to Alaska, you deserve it. And that doesn't mean you can afford it. Doesn't mean it's the right thing for you to do. But that's marketing genius on giving you the green light. Right. You deserve well, it. It's the whole keeping up with the Joneses. I, you know, 
Ian went to Alaska last week, so I've got to go to Alaska. And Greg, well, you're going to Paris. I right. got to go to yeah. Paris now. Yeah. If you guys are going to Alaska, I've got to one up you. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and and back to the to the COVID time frame. I I do think that that the reminder of life being short and we all felt confined confined for so long yeah that i think that that has made a big impact on consumer spending as well because hey look i can't take it with me yeah i'm not going to put my account balance on my gravestone i wonder if that's what what drove the acceleration in credit card but yeah it's not that you you're not taking your credit card debt with you but you you know Typically, or you, it, uh, traditionally, that was I'm not taking the the cash I have on hand, but it's not even cash on hand. It's it's the I'm not going to carry this debt to the grave. Right. So hey, I'm going to rack it up as fast as I can. You know what? I hadn't even thought about that because that is a mind shift of people that are you know I want to spend all my money because when I'm gone, I'm gone. Yeah. To now, ah, eh, who cares? Who's Carter got the biggest number? Gonna- <laughs> So, so let's think of it like this, right? From the everyday man, um, where could we, uh, like, where could, inflation's here. Where could right. we cut back or, and you could point out two really good ones, especially the recurring stuff, but, but. Well, so one of the good things that has come about, you, you had touched on the Federal Reserve increasing the Fed funds rate. One of the good things is, that savings account rates at certain banks with certain accounts are actually paying some pretty significant yeah, five, interest five and a half, yeah. Right. So rather than parking your money in whatever savings account you've had before that might be paying 1%, now's a great time to explore all kinds of websites out there to look at higher yielding savings accounts. I hear the Fed's got some great bonds that they're going to be selling soon. You can buy T-bills if you want. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, there's when this shift happens and we see the interest rates climb, start to think about how can you benefit from those high rates rather than being a victim mentality. What can you do? Where can you park your money? What can you do to defend yourself and take advantage of the situation? I want to pull us away from there because I think that there's people listening who are, are like the Fed what? Uh, park my money, I have this much money. And it ends a lot. So, well, I you know, I we, we 50% of the, of the country, right? It doesn't have, what, $1,000 emergency funds? They said uh, somewhere, uh, it was uh, some Financial Times article where most of the middle class is still living paycheck. To yeah, paycheck. that's what I mean. Right. right. So all the more reason to look at your credit card statement. All the more reason to look at what your interest rates are. By the way, it's not uncommon or unreasonable to call whoever your service providers are. Make sure you're on the best plan. Call your cable provider. Call your internet provider. Am I on the best plan? I've been a I've been a client of yours for X number of years. You know, am I on the best deal? Is there any benefits being longevity? And and by the way, this is a little bit cynical of me, but. To that service provider, you're just an account number. So treat them the same way. Yeah. So a buddy of mine is a financial planner, and I've asked him for advice before, and he said people don't get killed by the big ticket items. Mm -hmm. It's death by a thousand cuts. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
So it's the 20s and the 30s and the 40 and the 20 and the 30 and the 40 and the 70. <laughs> and all of a sudden you go, how did I spend $3,000? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We've we've actually had that conversation around the coffee table talking about our kids. Yeah, uh, yeah. They go out. They want to go see the movies. Hey, can I borrow? Hey, can I have? Poof, my wallet. I've got nothing. But and it, it, it's okay. So take that instance. Like, is it World War Three at home to pull up a spreadsheet and go, hey, 70, 40, 20, 30, 70, 30. You thought you spent seventy bucks. You actually spent four hundred and twenty dollars. Both with your kids, uh, like an amicable conversation with your spouse about it, or even in in a business situation. I know our company is doing that at the moment, which is watching the expenses because they understand that stuff gets out of hand. I was going to say, you know, one of these things, you know, our kids are getting to the age of they're starting jobs, getting careers. And, you know, one of the things that I did later in life was, you know, do the 401k try to, whether it's a 401k or some other investment thing, is to get the kids when they're in their first job. Mm -hmm. Because you never think about your first job. You're like, oh, I got this paycheck. I'm going to spend to this paycheck. You get a raise, and you're like, I'm spending to that paycheck. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you you never have a lot left over, but getting used to, you know, I haven't, I'm guilty of this. I've never talked to my kids about, hey, you know, have you ever thought about a 401k or whatever the other investment instruments are? Well, and the idea behind that is pay yourself first to make sure that you are investing that money or you're saving that money. And it might be $5 a month, but you're taking that money, you're setting it aside before you have the money to stop by the the um, fast food restaurant and buy the, yeah, I want to supersize my soda for an extra $1.50. So we've talked on other episodes about, about change. Um, and I, I, the people I know in around my world who struggle with money don't change much, right? They're stuck in their um, ways that don't work, and they lock, load, repeat those ways that don't work. Um, and and so maybe like for people are change great. Yeah, change what? Like what do I do? Do I go to Dave Ramsey? Do I go to my church? Like where do I go to make the change? And what is that change? Well, somebody needs to have uh, revelation that they need to make the change. And then whoever resonates the most, if it's their church, if it's Dave Ramsey, there's a lot of different methodologies out there, but it's the matter of getting over, what is it, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and, and expecting the same result. Yeah. yeah. But if someone doesn't have a goal, like so for most people don't get a goal until they're trying to either get a car, okay. get a house, a big purchase, right? So sure. these people are your kids or younger people are even people our age that they don't have a house or they mm-hmm. don't have a car or whatever, but they just keep spending and spending. They have no, no marker that they're trying to go to. So it's hard for them to say, ah, eh, it's just another bill. It's another coffee. That's $5 at Starbucks. Yeah. yeah. I even asked someone if in Arizona, I said, have you got a rainy day fund? And they said, it doesn't rain now. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yeah, exactly. But it, it, but it is that case, right? Until they're coming asking you to lend them money, right. five hundred bucks for this or a thousand bucks, I'll guarantee I'll pay you back. And you're thinking, yeah. you couldn't pay the original people who got into the pickle, sure, in the first sure. place. Why do I think you're going to pay me back? Well, I think the old adage of you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You know, you yeah. you can offer recommendations to those people of, you know, hey, here's some financial workbooks. Here's some great ideas. 
but, but we should, right? I think anyone listening to this right now is saying, okay, smart asses, like, give me some ideas. Give me a, a, a change. So let's do it. Let's give them some ideas to change. What would your first thing be, Greg? You come home, you're like, okay, got to take dominion over my finances. What's the first thing going to be? Got to create a budget. Okay, how'd you do that? Give us some practical steps. Open up a, a spreadsheet. Take a so take start a by piece of paper. It. it doesn't matter. You don't need a computer. Right, piece of paper. Take okay. a piece of paper and a pencil or a pen and or start writing down whatever what? it might be. And you're writing down all of your expenses. You're writing down your income. And you've got to make sure all of those expenses fit within your income. Should you categorize it with like most important yes. stuff first? Sure. Like rent, mortgage, the things you have to pay first and then the things you don't really have to pay, but you are paying. Okay, so then the question is, we go back to Lauren's recommendation of the 401k. Is that one of the have to pays or don't have to pay? See, I would say it's a have to pay. Because if you want to retire at some point, if you want to, if you want to step off the bus at some point, see, I, I'm thinking about the people who aren't even thinking about getting to retirement. They're thinking, how do I get to next week? And okay. sadly, we are in that situation. Right. Like, there's, there's, the, our, our country is going back to the episode we did in one of the other podcasts about the emperor has no clothes. Right. Our economy is exactly that. Sure. Absolutely. So, does it matter the format of the budget? No. Does it matter if they put the expenses first and the income second? No. What it matters is that they set up a process and a structure they will follow and continue to improve on that. So start with a rough draft rather than making it perfect on day one. Use a rough draft. Well, most, you know, the kids nowadays and people that are in their first jobs or whatever, they're, they're not taught basic economics anymore. I mean, when we went through school, we had to do basic accounting, how to balance a checkbook. Does anyone even know how to balance a checkbook? No. So if you have your bank account and you're getting your direct deposit, do you just look at it and there's money in there? Okay. Do you even, do you audit what's being withdrawn? Well, and I, and I think, you know, absolutely. It's a matter of don't put your head in the sand. Right. Yeah. Just acknowledge, Hey, you know what? I'm tired of not having enough money at the end of the month. I'm tired of running out of money on the third week of the month. Okay, great. Let's help you. Let's put together a budget. Let's figure that out. Can you go back to the credit card companies and ask them if they can reduce the interest rate for any reason? We had just randomly one of our credit card companies reached out to us and said, hey, we're going to drop the interest rate for a period of time. So I called them and I said, what am I giving up to do this? Yeah. And they said, nothing. You're not giving up anything, but based on your profile, we want you to carry a balance and you don't. And so we're offering you a lower interest rate. And the, and the person, the customer service person was amazingly transparent. Wow. And he said, we're just wanting you to carry a balance. That's what the credit card company wants you to do. That's how they, That's make, how they the make the money. So how do you, how do you get the upper hand? Maybe you go all cash. Maybe you only use your credit card to buy gas. Right. So they, their great takeaways. Mine would be, you, like you said earlier, document it and change something. Lauren? I would say set a goal for yourself. Maybe, you know, this month you don't, you have $100 extra at the end of the month. Maybe the next month you go, I want to have $200. And maybe it's you're going to getting coffee every morning and just one day a week you're saying, okay, I'm not going to do that. Or... Mm-hmm. 
we go to lunch in, or you you bring your lunch one day to work mm-hmm. just so you can have one time during the week that you're saving money versus whatever right. it is. Yeah. So our goal in this was to share some of the things that we go through to try and help you. Uh, we're just three working dudes. Uh, and we appreciate you joining us today on this. Take care.